When you subscribe to Bloomberg, you will get more than news. You will get inspiration to feed your ambition. You will put a woman on Mars. You will refreeze the ice caps. You will be the first chief crypto officer. You will power change and redefine the future. But before you invent, pioneer, disrupt. Before you change the world, Bloomberg. Discover more at Bloomberg.com slash you will. or crack, you need to listen to this episode. Crack. So oh, that's, uh, <laughs> that is amazing. No, seriously, between Jesse, we had Jesse Lee Ward on our show. Um, if you haven't heard of her, it's probably because you're not in network marketing because she is probably the top network marketer in the world. Or female, I think. Uh, female, for sure. Um, but anyway, she's just a badass. I mean, she... I kind of knew what I was in. I was getting into when they came on the show. This is another uh, Avenger, fellow Avenger with Kenny. Um, I heard about them on his first Mastermind weekend, and I didn't know that they're. Uh, well, I have not met the female version of Kenny, and I actually think she's crazier than. For Kenny. sure, yeah. So, in a good way. Yeah, no, and in, a, in an amazing way. She's super energetic, and she is that person. I always said this about Kenny, but she is the person that kind of like brings the energy to the room like she will fill the room with her energy um and she will get you like ready to rock and that's really what she's known for so she is a seven figure earner multiple 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 seven figure earner um she does network marketing she is under prove it i don't know if you guys have drank it but it's the keto drink i don't drink it kenny has uh used to drink it all the time actually i don't know why he doesn't really just kind of fell out of it but um it's a super uh, good keto drink, and she is, like, insane. So now she's pretty much coaching uh, often. She's on many, many different stages, speaking to many, many different people, and I think, honestly, that was probably what she and was. And she's young. That she, that's what she was, like, built to do, though. I mean, she is meant to be on a stage, I think, with that kind of energy. She just is. Yeah, honestly, I met Jesse. uh, I, I can't remember exactly moment we were standing. I was standing there, and she came up because you know we they just threw us all in a room. Nobody knows anybody. I think she knew some people. You start talking, and then you get more comfortable. And then she came over, and uh, she's very confident, which I love. But sometimes you're like, is this girl really this? I mean, is she really this badass for this? She's like, no, I'm the number one uh, network marketer in the world. I was before. I was like, really? And she goes, yeah, the top ten like or fifteen entrepreneur. I was like, what? Really? And then when she walked away, somebody's like, no, 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 no. She is the real deal. And we were sitting in a breakout room. Um, somebody was crazy enough to put us in the same room. And even crazier, we're sitting next to each other. So that was super fun. But she's, if you wanted an honest opinion from somebody, she'll give it to you. If you want a page, page, uh, punch in the face of reality, she'll give it to you. If your Instagram page sucks, she'll tell you. But if you also want to get inspired. Why, why, why would you say that? Did your Instagram page suck? Yeah, she said it was too busy. <laughs> so I was like, sweet. I didn't take it personal. But more importantly, if you want to get inspired, if you want to get motivated, if you want to not quit making excuses of whatever you're doing, but also just learn from somebody that basically came from nothing, had a very tough childhood. And you notice a lot of these people that we keep talking about have something in common where they were forced to say either you pivot and make something yourself or you're going to end up being homeless or this or that and so she has a crazy story but um you know when she walks into a room she literally owns the room when she was on stage at avengers she is cracking jokes and saying things but she grabs attention from her crazy outfits to her crazy shoes her crazy this um she loves cars but honestly i loved having her on because to talk about cash flow this girl is crushing it at the game she's making stupid money just off of her a network marketing business that doesn't mention anything else going on and obviously she's at the avengers because it's real estate and she wanted to learn okay i need to start getting into the real estate game even though she wasn't attracted to it so she started to head down that path but anyways 
I would not be surprised this girl in 10, 20 years is like a damn billionaire from building a brand or something. You wouldn't even be surprised. Absolutely. But I think I've said enough. Um, but if you guys are sitting down, you might want to strap in. You might want to buckle in tight. It's, it's gonna get exciting. Yep. If it's uh, like nighttime and you're trying to wind down, I'd probably hit pause until tomorrow morning. Um, but anyways, you guys, before we get into it, if you really enjoy our show, you need to like it, subscribe, write a review, share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it with strangers. I don't care. Just share it. Uh, so that way we can continue to bring you guys more value, get better guests, and uh, do this thing. Okay. Okay, Jesse Lee, thanks so much for coming on today. Um, I know that you and Kenny met at the Avengers Mastermind. I have not had the chance to meet you, but I've definitely stalked your Instagram, and I know you are a huge personality. You have a shitload of amazing five-star reviews about what you do and who you are, and like you have like a cult following, so... Um, we are so excited to have you on. Yes, I know. I was like, wow. But I, before we start, before, I have to say how we met. I don't remember exactly, but I love it, though. I was like, we were at the little shindig. I remember I was by the bar. And then I was, I don't know how, it, like, you came over or something. We were talking. I remember she was just like, I'm, like, the best network marketer. I'm the badass podcast. I'm the, I'm the shit. And I was like, in my head, I was like, is this real or like, because people say I that. It was something like that. And she's got this like, you know, crazy bling bling out, whatever. And then I remember I talked to me, they're like, no, 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 she really is the shit. And I remember like we were in our breakout room and she's like numbers and this. And I was like, damn, this girl is literally the boss lady. You are the shit. So like you back it up by actually doing shit and because I don't know I just think it's awesome so a lot of people talk a lot of stuff they're all this shit but there's nothing to back it up there so anyways that's how we met and I think her and, per, her and I personality if we're in a room together it's probably like a little I met and it's a little wild yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely exciting yes so um tell us like well Crystal I know like just a little like the background like but Crystal was like we're so, looking you up. I, yeah, I, I sort of, I, I love to go back and see how people started. So I went way back to the very beginning of your YouTube and like watched the first couple videos. And so I got a little bit of your background, how you grew up, like how you used to work in a lab and somehow we're selling like dildos or something. And then <laughs> oh you were, my God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Whoa. I'm just kidding. Jesus. Um, and all I did was like little at-home businesses that make the most money. And, and literally you know, like... like Sex toy parties popped up, and I was 22, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can sell that. Like, why not? You know, uh, it made logical sense to me. I'm like, you, you get the uh, wholesale pricing, you sell for whatever, blah blah blah. Um, and I, I was never recruited. I just signed up, and then I became number one in the world at that. And as that. But honestly, we had one of those parties too. I did that in my twenties. It was like the most fun thing. And how about making a ton of money doing something that you're having a blast at, you know? So yeah. seems very yeah. fun. So why, why, why we want to have you on is like Crystal and I are big on like mindset, cash flow, investing, hustlers, people helping people. So when I met you, I remember I came back and I was like, man, we got to have her on because you're, you're a big personality, but I, you're all about that stuff. That's why we were there at the event. Like I've never even been to a mastermind. I was like, and I went there and I was like, it's literally a bunch. You throw a bunch of badasses in a room and everybody's just there for the same thing to give and they're good people. So that's really why I have you on today. But I got to ask you like, what makes you like a badass and like your name? Like what, like, you know, it. I know you're confident. Like, why are you a badass? Like, how did you become a badass? So the first thing I'll say is um, I love masterminds. I think masterminds are like time machines. So it's like you said, it's a bunch of like-minded people that are really driven and really goal-oriented and really focused, and they just want to get better. And the only way you get better is by getting out people that are better than you. And sure, there were things in that room where I was like, no, I'm the best at this, but you're the best in that room at something, and all these people were totally proficient in whatever. And so for me, like, I love masterminds. That was only the second mastermind um, that I've ever been to. I'm in another one but just more industry specific for me. And I really enjoyed that. So, uh, but how did I become a badass? Okay, nobody literally has ever asked me that. I love it. Uh, but I 
I truly believe in, this is mindset, I suppose, but everything in life happens for you, not to you. I truly believe that. So I grew up in not an awesome situation. I grew up totally in poverty. I grew up as a kid that couldn't go on field trips. Um, I was the kid where everything was no. I had the no mom, no mom, no mom. I sent my dad to jail when I was nine years old. Um, I became the leader of my household then. Wow. And so raised by my, my grandparents. And it just, all of this stuff that I thought was the most evil, awful, horrible, whatever. I think it's sort of one of those things where when bad things happen to people, people either go one way or another. Like, it's always an extremity. There's never like, oh, yeah, like, I survived drug addiction, you know? Like, and I'm just going to chill with my life now. No, like, all the addicts I know are like, I survived drug addiction. Let's rip the face off of this whatever, you yeah, know? Yeah. Or, or they end up in jail, you know, or dead. That's like your two options. So um, I guess that's probably why. I just didn't have a great upbringing. I didn't have the, you know, the story of, you know, oh, my mom and dad believed in me so much, and they just always put me in the best classes, and, uh, you know? <laughs> no, not at all. Like, I learned struggle from a very young age, and for a long time in my career choices, everything was driven by why not. Like, I didn't know why I, I wanted to be successful. I didn't know what my deep learning was that makes you cry that everyone talks about. I was like, I don't know what that is. I'll cry. I'm a tough woman, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I knew that I did not want to go back to that. I knew I did not ever want to look at my children and say, no, I know you're really good at soccer, but you can't play. I never wanted to ever, I mean, like, oh, my God. Like, the car I drove when I started as an entrepreneur. <laughs> I was driving a car that, like, I could hardly get up hills. I would throw it in manual to save gas money to fly down the mountains, you know? Like, it was, like, the, the, the typical poor girl story. And it sucked. It sucked lying to people as to why you couldn't go out to the bar or to dinner or whatever. Like, knowing the only reason you're not going is because you're poor. But, like, you don't want to say that. Yeah. And so I think all these, these bad things ended up being massive, massive blessings to me. If more people would get in the mindset that all of those struggles are just setting you up for your success, you don't have to be a victim, so you can be a victor, I think things really I love that you say that. Um, one of the things that you said that really struck me too is that I feel like not to kind of generalize this towards women, but I do feel like it's true is generally, you know, I always used to joke that in sales, men are better at sales because they, they hit on girls and they're used to hearing no all the time and eventually somebody's <laughs> going to say yes. So I'm like, they're good at that. They're great. Girls never want to hear, hear a no. Um, in one of your videos, you said, I'm so excited like when somebody tells me no, because that means I can get to somebody who's going to tell me yes faster. And it just, it seems like your whole upbringing kind of brought you to this point of not having a fear of being told no. Something I say sometimes is I'm like, oh, you're scared of rejection? Like, you don't, you don't do sales because you're scared of being told no, or like a no really hurts you? And I'm like kind of sarcastic when I say it, but, <laughs> you know, there's always truth in those things. I'm like, oh, so you're telling me you had an awesome childhood and you got everything you ever wanted. Yeah. You literally told me you've been babied your whole life. You don't even know what it's like to struggle. Don't tell me you know what it's like to struggle toward no scares you. You've had it easy. You had a silver platter compared to me. Like, I don't usually say it that aggressive, but, like, I felt like saying it was a little aggressive. You just told me your life is easy. That's why the no bothers you. No literally is just a word to me. It is just... That's a word I've heard many, many, many times, and not because I'm ugly. <laughs> it's not because I'm rejected because I, I was told no as a young child, and it just you just kind of become numb to it when you hear it. And as soon as you understand every no gets you closer to a yes, because sales is a numbers game, you can be the most proficient in your skills, blah, 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 blah. You're still going to get told no. And as soon as you understand no, 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 well, eventually yes, then you don't care about the no's. Or you at least start to dilute the power you give to were you always this confident? No. When, when, like, when, when was the switch? When was your switch? I mean, I still have my moments. Like, I was just at a mastermind this weekend and, like, like just kind of checking out this mastermind in Vegas. And I was like, wow, I'm still a weird girl. Like, let's go. <laughs> I, like, laugh at weird things. I'm awkward. I have ADHD, so I, like, shake usually. Or, like, not shake, but, like, I, I like, am moving something most of the time. Not everybody does that. My brain's really fast, so I'll look around a lot, stuff like that. And uh, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm still a weirdo. Okay, cool. Like, let me stay in my weirdo lane. That's fine. I'm a fine <laughs> I love it. 
But I just think when you start to, it's not even like a confidence thing as much as it's like more people would A, work on self-love. Like you're the only you that's ever gonna be here. So start loving yourself, even in your imperfections. I teach people to spend time in the mirror. It's called mirror work. Actually talking to yourself, speaking kindly to yourself, being nice to you. Most people are not nice to themselves. That helps a lot. And my biggest thing for confidence, I tell people to do this, is stop lying to yourself. Like people get up every day, they're like, today I'm gonna, I'm gonna build my business. Today I'm gonna join that. Today I'm gonna go make those calls. Today I'm gonna go to the gym. Today, whatever the stuff is, right? They say these things and then you literally lie to yourself. You go to put your head on the pillow at the end of the day and you go, oh my God, I didn't do any of it. I didn't join this business. I didn't sell the house. I didn't do the podcast. I didn't show up on the call. I didn't do the live video. I didn't do, I didn't make my prospect things. I didn't do my whatever. And then you start to not like yourself. So if more people would say, okay, I can build confidence by saying, I'm gonna make two calls. And they make the two calls and go, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a badass. I did my two calls. Okay, right? Or, okay, I said I was gonna do live video. Ooh, I did my video. Let's go. Well, I'm very good, but I did it. Woo! You know, you start to look at yourself differently. You start to look at yourself differently. You start to see yourself differently. And you can build confidence in those little micro actions that you do or don't do every day. I love that. Yeah, I love that. That's great. That's that's. I think that's. Uh, I think I think you're right. A lot of people, they just. I think the one thing even about me, I just I don't I just like just go do, just go do and let the do talk do the talking right. Well, not worrying about it being perfect, like you said, just do it. It might be messy. It might be ugly. It might be stupid, and you know, oh well. Like we see that with people all the time. I think the biggest thing with people making videos or putting themselves out there is that they're embarrassed about what people are going to say about them. And you're like, those people aren't doing what you're doing. Who cares? I mean, yes, all of that. And first of all, you suck at everything the first time, probably the hundredth time you do it. Yeah. You know, I, was, I, I, did, I did top golf the other day. Now I've done top golf like six times maybe. Still bad. Okay. There was this guy who was also top golfing and he's like every single swing Bro is hitting it again, like either it's <laughs> yeah. or it's like he's bombing it all the way to the end and it's hitting the thing, right? Mine are like, <laughs> like, you know, horrible. And I said, and I said, you are really good at this. He said, yeah, I only take about 10,000 strokes. I said, or maybe he said 50,000. He said something dramatic. And I'm like, Ugh, well, I don't have time for 50,000 top golf strokes. So I'm going to go ahead and be bad at this. And it's just, just to put in perspective, you're bad at everything the first however many times you do it. You know, like, you don't, you don't get good at it right away. People want to only do things they're good at, but a lot of the times the things you're only good at are things that, you know, are not serving the world, are not actually going to make an impact, are not going to make an income, and you're just going about your life, blah, 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 blah. so understand you're going to suck, and the only way you're going to get to a, a bad phase is you got to suck faster. you got to put in more of those strokes, so to speak. Right? Like, you gotta go, 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 and be terrible. And just go, well, I'm really bad at this, but someday, someday I might get this. You know? Yeah, and then, yeah. and that comes. But nobody is an overnight success. Like, when people are like, I never knew you. Like, you didn't know me, Kenny, until two months ago or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, like, I know you didn't think this, but to you, you could have been like, whoa, where's she been? She's an overnight success. I have been an entrepreneur full time for 10 years. Before you ever met me. Not overnight. Yep. And I've never been lazy. <laughs> I've always been a workhorse. So I've been putting in my hours. You yep. need to ask yourself, are you putting in your hours? Yeah. Yeah, I always tell people, um, you know, we're in real estate today. I'll meet the guy that owns all the buildings and stuff. And I go, they want to talk to him about his life now. I go, why? He's done. Ask him about when he's 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. He's knocking on doors, collecting rent, doing hammers, painting units, working 18 hours a day. That's what you want to ask. You don't need to ask him about now. I mean, ask him then, you know, and that's what you're saying. Everybody just looks at this, oh, look at her now. But you're like, but you're, you're not going to get here now by focusing on my now. You need to ask what I did the last 10 years, you know? I mean, that's why I love what Crystal said to begin with. Like, because you can't tell the glory without the story. Like, I haven't talked about those parties or whatever for, nobody ever asks me about it. <laughs> good, good job. Like, I love it. It cracks me yeah. up because, I mean, honestly, one of the big, oh, I'm switching out of this and I'm doing something people take seriously was because.
Like, I am not going to be confined to this. Like, it's actually a big part of my story. I've, oh, I mean, not always been a smart entrepreneur. That's a big fat lie. But, like, I've been sharp for a long time, and I would have conversations with other business owners, you know, call it six years ago before I was a network marketer and investor and all this stuff. And people would be like, you do what? And it would, like, end the conversation. Like, it was never, oh, she's a killer saleswoman. Oh, that woman's a shark. Oh, she's going to do all these whatever. Nope. Nope, I was like, I was a dope. I'm like, no, no more. It, it's just kind of a funny, fun story, but then it ends there. Oh, I don't mind yeah. at all. Like, do not yeah, feel bad. Yeah. I love it. I love yeah. it. I love it. I love it. Don't feel bad at all. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I get it. I, I can see where people might not take it seriously, but, I mean, the truth of the matter is you were, like, the top person at the company at the time, right? You sold the most and did the most and all that. Where do you feel like the transition was for you from, like, being broke, and I, I, I remember you said your mom told you you need to, like, start doing, you know, something extra to save for your compound interest and all this kind of stuff, <laughs> and I love it because it's kind of like finance 101, but um, where do you feel like the shift was for you when it sort of, like, clicked and you said, this is what I'm meant to do? Um, like, a, this is what I'm meant to do? Oh, geez. I don't even know if I know yet what everything is I'm meant to do. Uh, I know I'm supposed to make the impact in the world. My my entire life is around service and serving people. That's where I get the most feeling of wholeness, joy, and success is through serving people and training and coaching people. Um, I always knew I was weird. We can start there. Like I knew I was different. Like people were so excited about their full time jobs. People were so excited about you know, going to college. I only went to college because my Nana, I knew she cared. Mm -hmm. You know, education was really important to her. I'm like, oh my God, like I do not belong here. Why am I going to college? But I went and I did it. But I knew I was never meant for that. Um, big pivots though happen when I get around big things. So as another example of the mastermind or something like that, I see myself differently when I'm around people who are doing a lot more. So I've had a lot of like big pivotal shifts and it's always based around like a conversation with somebody or maybe like the first time I met a billionaire or something in person and had a conversation with them and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why not me? You know, um, those little things, I've definitely had little pivots and things and shifted like that. But I never, I don't think I ever really knew I would be an entrepreneur because entrepreneurship was not sexy mm -hmm. when I started it 10 years ago. It's sexy now. Now everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. That's like the it word. But when I started as an entrepreneur, it was like, you're not, you don't have a job? Yeah. 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 What? You don't, you don't have benefits? That's what you did. Oh, my gosh. I got fired from a lab. I was working in a pathology lab as a race assistant, like Crystal said. I was fired and I was like, oh my God. Because I had my little side hustle, I was making like, you know, a thousand dollars a month doing. I wasn't really taking it seriously. I was like, oh man, I'm not poor, I'm not poor anymore. I can afford rent, I can go out with my friends, like my car doesn't squeak anymore. <laughs> well, no, I didn't have like a new car, but I had like a, you know, I wasn't making crazy sound. <clears throat> I was putting gas in it. So I kind of felt like I made it. But again, like life happened for you, not to you. I got fired. And, I, and then I went and I applied for other jobs really quickly. And one I really thought I was going to get, they ended up hiring internally after making me through seven rounds of interviews. Jeez. And at this point, my money's starting to get smaller and smaller and smaller because all I've got now is this little side hustle. And I went, oh, my God, I need to do more parties. I need to do more indoor stuff, like, literally right now. <laughs> right now. And then it turned into, like, my next event or party or maybe I made, like, $1,700. Like, it was something dramatic enough for me to be like, what? And something I said last night to my sales team, I said, I don't understand why more of you don't take entrepreneurship seriously. Like more of you are, 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 are inclined to like pick up a waitressing shift to make a hundred dollars, then sell one product. You're telling me you can't sell one product in seven hours of a waitressing shift and you're not killing your body. Then you don't understand like your mindset's not there for entrepreneurship. Which, like, not everybody is, which is fine. Now I'm like a random entrepreneurship tangent, but I don't know what the one thing was. I don't think it's been, like, one thing. I think I've had a whole lot of little, like, redirects, 
would be the best way to describe it. You know, I never really thought it would be all this, but then I'm redirected here, or redirected there, or redirected, oh, look, an investment opportunity, boom. Um, I think sometimes God just speaks to you and tells you what you're supposed to do. Like some two of my investments, I was just in Germany, and I texted an ex of, an ex of mine who's here in the States, and I'm like, when I get home, I'm buying everything that I use. Screw this. Anytime I do anything, I just want to have, I don't want to pay for it ever again. So I need to buy a burger shop. I need to buy hair salons. I need to buy med spas. I need to buy nail salons. Like, I was like, I don't know. Like, it was like a, do a download straight from God. And then here I go, and now, you know, I'm. And now you're going to buy everything. I love it. I mean, to me, to me, it sounds like, like everybody, when you got fired and you got cornered and there you're like, like, look at COVID, too. COVID, for a lot of people, they had time. They got let go. That's why I tell people, you might never, ever get this much time back in your life. If you didn't take advantage of it, shame on you. That I heard people, oh, I'm going to write a book. Okay. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You have all the time in the world. Well, you know, you'll never get that back. Shit. It's crazy. <laughs> There's two extremes in coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gonna lock me in a house? I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna podcast daily. I'm a, I, it's gonna be the Destiny Show. There you um, go. Lock me down. Um, and there's a lot of people who did that. I don't want to make it sound like I was the only one. And a lot of people started businesses. A lot of people took yep. chance. A lot of people took swing. And then I think the other half, their life is falling apart. And now they're desperate. Because now it's been over a year and they still haven't done anything except for collect two stimulus checks or three or however many there are. I don't want to get any of them. So, whatever. That, and they're like, what do I do with my stimulus check? Maybe invest in a business. Do you have a mentor? Yeah, of course. Who's your mentor? I know you, I think you told me about your mentor. Yeah, well, I have one mentor that is living, and then uh, two that are dead. Uh, so, Jim Rohn and Zig Ziglar. Oh, Jim Rohn. I love Jim. Yeah. You met him? Um, no. Oh, you never met him? Never met him before he passed away. He has some of my favorite quotes, by the way. Which one? Don't wish things were easier, wish you're better. Don't wish yeah. for less problems, wish for more solutions. It might, there might be a tree, move, yeah. Like, I mean, the man is just, I still study him. And I think the people, I still study both of them. And I think people that study the people who have been there, done that, have or had what we want, that's how you get there. It's not by guessing. And then uh, my mentor, who is active and living, is, uh, he's my network marketing mentor, but he is uh, he's a monster, is Eric Worre. So um, he calls me his star mentee. Like, I've never, ever mentored anybody like you. I tell you to do something, it's done before I can even commit the sentence. Wow. And I think that's actually the, the key to success. A lot of times it's not overthinking. You know, yeah, you're going to stumble. Yeah, you're going to fall. Yeah, you're going to make a fool of yourself. Yep, you're going to lose money, you're going to make money, you're going to get laughed at, you're going to have ups and downs, and it's going to be an emotional roller coaster and everything in between, but if you're willing to act in the face of adversity, if you're willing to act when most people won't because they're too scared, if you will accept change as a necessary evil that turns into something beautiful, you win. But most people sit there and they go, yeah, that looks good. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds like something I should do. Let me write that in my notebook. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then what do you do with that? A bunch of you've got stacks and stacks and stacks and notebooks full of literally billions of dollars, and you don't make any money because it just it collects dollars. That'd be crazy. I agree with that. Yeah, one of the things you were saying, too, uh, I was listening to a podcast recently, and it was really uh, good. It's like you said, um, you know, there was a point where you felt like, hey, I can afford the gas in my car and I can do all this stuff. I feel like I'm pretty good. Like I pretty much made it. But then you kept putting yourself in rooms of people that made you look really small compared to the accomplishments that you already had. And I feel like a lot of people want to stay in that room where they're the man on top because that feels good and it feels comfortable. And every time you go to a room of people that are bigger than you, you feel bad about yourself and then you don't, you don't end up moving. So it feels like 
So you're just that person who thrives off of people who are bigger, better, badder than you at something and up your game every single time. Yeah, I mean, you can learn from everyone, first of all. But second of all, the limit does not exist. The limit literally doesn't exist. And I, I thank God for this book. I don't even know if it's actually even that good of a book, but it's the book that probably changed my life the most. It's not my favorite book, but it changed my life the most. You don't even have to buy it. I'll just tell you the concept. It's called Secrets of Six-Figure Women by Barbara Stanny. I've probably sold 40,000 of these books. You're probably wondering why she sells so many. <laughs> <laughs> I fell upon it uh, like six and a half years ago. And there's this part of the book where she's talking about so many people, so many people, they have some level of success. Like Everyone has some level of success. And if you look at that success as like a ledge, people hold on to it because they're so scared to let go because they don't know what's over here. But what will happen more often than not is when you let go of a ledge, you fly. And I remember reading that, just that one passage, I mean, the book, I guess, is full of like ideas for people who want to earn six figures a year or more. But I remember sitting there and going, oh my God. Like, am I holding on to, I was at the time, you know, in my early 20s, making $175,000 a year, thinking that I was like, bullshit.
I think you need to remember what it's like to be nervous and new and scared and feel like your life is falling apart. Because then when you're trying to coach new agents or whatever through through it, you're like, dude, I know exactly what it's like. It sucks, doesn't it? It sucks, man. But I've been there. And I remember it. So let's talk. Let's talk about it. Talk through. I'm guessing like um like I was gonna ask you a question like, you know, what's your biggest change in your life with your success? But I feel like I would answer one thing for you and say that your biggest thing is is that you're able to get back to people that are in that position saying, dude, trust me. I, I, I just if you just listen to me and you do what I do, you can change I'm not gonna change your life, but you can change your life by just doing these things. And it's like you can lead the horse to water. But I just get that from you. That's one of the big things is it's nice when you're successful because a lot of people listen to you and they'll pay attention because they want the moolah, but a lot of them don't want to do the work. But there, there will be some people that do it. Yeah, one of my favorite quotes somebody said uh, from my Lisa, she says, I will help you build your business. I won't do it for you, but it's here. Like if you want to do this, it's here. I will help you build your business. You got to build it. And, uh, uh, I mean, that's, it's always the best. The best is watching other people succeed. The best is knowing you've had an impact on somebody's life. I mean, that's the real legacy. Money's great. It's a, it's just a tool though. Yeah. You know, um, I can't spend the money I make anyway. I try not like on stuff, but like I try, I invest so much cause I'm, I'm like, legacy, 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 legacy. Um, the real legacy is, uh, I haven't said this quote before, I've heard this before, but there's two times you die. One, when your body physically leaves the earth, and one is the last time somebody says your name. Yes. That's good. Yeah. I like I that. I have not heard that before. I have heard that one time. What, um, what do you, like... So I want to talk about network marketing because that's what that is your primary thing. Yep. So I think there is uh, I don't know we were talking about today. I think there's like a bad stigma with network marketing, but I think it's, yeah, we've got like a black eye. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I call it. I'm like, the network marketing got like a black eye. <laughs> but I but I feel like the stigma is because, like you said, is. You know, people join, they get rah, 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 and then when it goes to do the work, they're like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll put it in my notebook, this. But in from people that have success or not in your industry, you know, that you're coaching, like, what do you, what do you think is like the, when somebody just makes a change, what is the biggest deal with it? Like, what's the biggest, like, I don't even know how to say it. Like, what that, so, what's the biggest struggle people have to get over? So, first of all, the reason network marketing is bad rap is people don't understand it is yeah. the first thing second thing is most people don't do network marketing to be full-time like i didn't do it to be full-time i did it for beer money basically and, and rent money right so when people are like oh i looked at the income disclosure and most people make a hundred dollars a month i'm like that's twelve hundred dollars a year that's the never full that the wife can buy without asking for a ride of money mm-hmm. you know like it's just a different perspective when you see it from that the other thing is it used to be pretty scammy like i'm not gonna lie Basically, I feel like I'm repairing the damage done by the old heads of network marketing past. Like, honestly, because it used to just be recruit people to 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 recruit people, and you just hurt everyone. Like, people didn't want to coach them. They didn't want to mentor them. They didn't want to teach them. They didn't want to train them. I run it like a business. This is why me, personally, my organization is destroying network marketers anywhere else. You can you can put me against any networker in the freaking world, I will crush you. Because I have systems for everything. I don't run this like a little, ah, no, MLM, ah. <laughs> no. Me, you join me, you got onboarding, you got scripts you have to follow. You have shortcuts in your phone you have to set. It's a business, it's not an option. You have to go live, I will teach you and train you how to do so, I have systems, but you have to do it. There's an onboarding robot through ManyChat you have to do, or you do not get coaching calls. You do earn coaching calls. I will coach you, I will mentor you, I will train you one-on-one, but you must earn them. There are also daily trainings, daily meetings. There's, it's ridiculous. I run it like a freaking multi-million dollar business because it's a multi-million dollar business. I mail out incentives, I run contests, 
I do everything that the CEO of, of, of okay, honestly, I was honest because I think the guy who worked for Best Buy one time, I went to the Best Buy, like, incentive, whatever, thingamajabi in Orlando, like, three years ago. And, like, literally, you meet the CEO, blah, blah, blah. I do more for my salespeople, me, than freaking Best Buy, which is doing, like, what, $40 billion a year or something? Yeah. Those people are underpaid, underappreciated. They get a dingy trip to Orlando, Florida. They get a little, like, oh, you get a discount on your TV. And those people think that's not a scam. I just gave away a $3,500 Louis Vuitton bag last night on a raffle. All you had to do was sell $270. Shut up. Don't talk to me about my profession. Tony, but you cannot come at me. You can't. I mean, I know you're not. And yeah, I, no, I know, no, I get it. Um, that's why it has such a bad rap, and I think if more people would treat it like the business it actually is, instead of like it is a hobby, more people would see it for what it really is. Um, when people say stuff like, oh, you hurt normal people, they don't say it for me. But if you did, I was that person. I was that girl. That thank God there was something like this because I was literally renting a room in a basement. And if I listened to the person who said, oh, those are scams. Oh, those don't work. Oh, those hurt normal people. Oh, those are, those are uh, they prey on innocent women. Note my quotation marks because this is like, these are like their typical line. They're preying on innocent women. Um, then I wouldn't have this life. I wouldn't be able to train and coach and mentor all these successful people that I have. I wouldn't be a successful accredited investor. I wouldn't own all these brick and mortars. I wouldn't know you. That mastermind wasn't one dollar, Kenny. Okay. Like, yeah. I wouldn't know you, Dan. Yeah. Okay. My life would look totally different if I hadn't let those people, if I had let those people convince me. So I am that girl. I am. I am the person that got, you know, scammed and bamboozled. Ooh. <laughs> I love it. Like crazy, crazy, crazy. I mean, but you can make excuses for anything. You, anybody can find an excuse for anything. Well, and there's like scammy businesses in any industry. I mean, it's not generalized like that. It's not just network marketers. It's like, yeah, there's probably been companies. There's been people, but it's not the, the industry. Right. So let me read. Let me, let me read this thing here. Here we go. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So I was jealous today, which is a good thing. I was like, damn, she has so many five-star reviews on her podcast, which we're going to talk about next. And this is the things I get. Energy, inspiring, intoxicating, passionate, real deal, hilarious, tells it like it is, changed my life, mentor, amazing, fire, spirit animal, my gosh! <laughs> so apparently... People are not attracted to you at all. They just do not like you. You just suck. But anyways, I wanted to talk about, um, yeah, Crystal, I know listen to your podcast. I remember Crystal, I love her because she's really critical. So I like, hey, go check this out. And Monty over here, that's on our team, is like, yes. So if I want to be criticized, I just ask Crystal to give me her opinion on me, and she'll criticize me, trust me. That's what I love about my wife. And so I was like, what do you think? She's like, wow, that was like, really good. I was like, I told you. So anyways, can you talk about your podcast? How long you've been doing it? I know you're like top podcast, just like you're the top network marketer, but why you do it, what people get from it, stuff like that. Um, sure. So first of all, thank you. I appreciate you guys. It's really nice. Uh, I'm glad I'm the real deal to you. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> just, just making sure. No, uh, And I started doing it because uh, I put it on a power list for Sandy Frisella. Like, uh, I don't know if you've ever listened to his yes. podcast, but he has a 107, yep. right down to five things. I bought the journal, the whole nine, yeah? Um, and I wrote down what, and I knew I wanted to do it because Gary Vaynerchuk had been talking about his podcast on his podcast. Like, oh, everyone should do audio, 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 audio. And I'm like, oh, okay. And one day I needed a fifth thing, and the stupid me, you know, well, ended up being smart me, but I put, record a podcast. And I had been putting this off for so long. I have such a big personality. It translates very well in audio anyway, because I make funny sounds and blah, 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 whatever, whatever. Um, so I bought all the right stuff. You know, I bought the microphone. I bought the headphones. <laughs> like, 
like I have like a mixing table, like as if I'm like a DJ, like uh, <laughs> I bought all this stuff. Um, it's still not open. Almost three years later, like I will never forget. It was three o'clock in the morning, and I put it on the power list. I don't like to lose, probably much like the two of you. And it was three in the morning, and I just put my back up against a wall in my office, and I sat on the floor, and I downloaded an app, and I recorded into a phone. And I tell you what, I am still uh, a 346 or something episodes later recording from my iPhone. Um, I do not use a microphone. I do not have any technology. There's over 3 million downloads now. Uh, I don't know how many five-star reviews there are. And 1,600. <laughs> on Apple, there's 1,600. Just on Apple. Wow. Just saying. So cool. Just letting you yeah. know. <laughs> so cool. Uh, I just, I just want to leave with value. You know, I've never written an ad for it. I've never done anything. I just said, hey, I know how to build big business. So if you think that somebody else wants to learn how to build a business with nothing into something big if they want to, then just screenshot it and share your story. And people loved it. So I just think it matters what you're putting out. It's going to be bad at first, like I already talked about, but eventually it'll get good. Uh, it continues to get better, I think. And I was learning a little bit from, uh, I was on a, in a conversation with Lori Harder, whose podcast crushes mine, but they had like 28 million downloads. Uh, but she was talking about, uh, she's like, relaunch it. So I got to figure out exactly what she meant by it. And she said, like, I think maybe you could upload a new season or something, and then it'll rank at the top of iTunes. Uh, because I'm like 11 or 13 or something in the world for entrepreneurship, but nobody, it's not like a trending thing because it's older, you know? Yeah. They only like you up when it's like, no, we're not coming up. <laughs> she said, do like a big giveaway. Maybe I'll do like an iPad giveaway or I don't know, whatever people want. Uh, and yeah, but I've just committed to it. And I think that's the key to anything is it didn't take off for a long, long time. Felt like I was just recording a podcast and it sucked. I was like sitting on the floor with my kitchen recording crap or like, you know, just very inconsistent with it. And then honestly, it exploded. It exploded during because I said, okay, I'm going to record an episode every single day. Wow. That's a big commitment, too. I, I can see why uh, a lot of people put off starting a podcast, because it's a lot of work. It takes time. It's commitment, consistency, all of that. So um, the next thing I think, like, just for us here is, like, uh, the brand, you know? I mean, I think I want to talk about the brand, because obviously, you're, you know, we are working on building our brand. You're working on building a brand. I think a lot of people don't realize they started. Uh, I think I was listening to something like today or the other day. It was like, you know, people start a podcast, they get 10 in. They're like, I didn't get any love or support. I'm going to quit. Or the brand. I, and so for me, for the brand, is we start our podcast and we just, we, I just do it. I, I mean, they're more, this is the numbers, this is that. I'm like, I just keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it because it, every time you do it, you get better at it. We get to have these great conversations, which is obviously what I love about it more than anything. And then I want to ask you, like, why is it so important to have a brand? And if you're going to start a brand, what is your, like, top advice for anybody? So brands are important because you're able to scale business much faster, period. People are buying, especially in this day and age, from people that they feel like they know, like, and trust, not just from big companies. The more you start to show who you actually are through authenticity, vulnerability, real life stuff, you can create raving fans, those kinds of things. Uh, it's very, I think it's super important. Now, I think as you build, this is, I'm going down the rabbit hole, but I don't care, I'm going to go down the rabbit hole really fast. It depends, like, if you have something that you then want to sell. So I think everybody should build a big personal brand. And then, and what I mean by something they want to sell is like a company. So if you had your own company, uh, not like sales products or anything like that, but like a whole separate entity. I think sometimes you do need to phase out a little bit, maintain your personal brand, but detach from it. Like if everything were, you know, um, like if, if you didn't have Amazon and Jeff Bezos, like Jeff Bezos has his own brand, but Amazon is Amazon. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like you have a harder time building Amazon as big as it is, in my opinion. However, going forward with that, the brand is super important. You want to have recognizability. You want to have people that talk about you. Uh, as an example, I was literally bullied. You want, you want people who 
will fight for you, that are that feel like they're part of the brand, like they have pride around what you're doing, even though they're just your friend. They're just your internet friend or your real life friend. That's really what, what it comes down to. They, they affiliate and associate with that brand, what it is that you represent, okay? So you have to decide first of all, what is that? What are your core values? What are all these things? Well, a lot of my first core value, and I talk about it all day, every day, is empathy. All of my businesses, every single one of them, my core value, number one, is empathy. Every single one, I will hear you. You are valid. Talk to me. Tell me your story. So for me, uh, I've been doing that for years now. This girl the other day, part of my brand being empathy, understanding, blah, 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 blah right? Uh, I'm late to a, to a call that I told her I'd be late to. I sent the email, right? And she said these, she's screaming at me in DM, right? Like, oh, you say you're going to show up. Now I see what kind of person you are. <laughs> homeless person. that is something 
you have a business that cash flows. We love cash flow. But also, tell me about your investing, your strategy, your mindset around it, like what you're doing now, what you're hoping to do in the future, near future, long term, whatever you want to talk about with investing. Okay. So, first of all, uh, I would like to point out that anything that looks like it's fancy is mine. Uh, I am in a profession in particular where you are often rewarded with gifts. Okay? Because the way it's structured, as an example, I have one person who in the lineage is uh, above me, if you will. She benefits off of all the business I build as well. Um, I think, I mean, well, I know what she makes now when say it because. She she buys me gifts constantly. Like if you see me, I I do like some socks. You met me, Kenny. I yep. like my shoes. Oh, I you like love it, girl. Thousand dollar shoes. I like my thousand dollar belts. I like my three thousand dollar coats. I like my cars. Whatever. Okay, but just because I have it doesn't mean I bought it. I love and it. I think sometimes people they don't realize that or they don't think about that. First of all, I don't pay for flights. Like, let's talk about that. You see how much I fly? I'm almost at my million mileage for American, and I have not flown on American except ever in my life until three years ago. So keep that in mind of how much I travel. I'm almost at a million miles. Wow. Okay, I travel constantly. I don't pay for flights, and I only fly first class. They buy them. Why? Because I'm a rainmaker. Right? So I say that because people are really out there making a $5,000 check buying a $750 Gucci belt. Mm-hmm. They're really out there making twenty grand a month, living in a, a, a house that the mortgage is ten grand a month. They are really out there, uh, you know, making thirty grand a month, on driving a Lambo, you know, like all dripped out and whatever. Private chefs and you know, private personal trainers and every new tech gadget that comes out, known to man and whatever. Like, not me, man. Not me. And I teach and train people not to be like that because it is all about compounding stuff. It is all about how many streams of income can you have, in my opinion. In my opinion. Now, I didn't really learn. I mean, I had heard it before. It never hit me in the face until I was terminated, like I talked about, almost four years ago. Because that was my big kahuna. Thank God I was living way below my means. But uh, when you live 200 grand a month, you still lose 200 grand a month. Yeah. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. Okay? And when I lost the 200 grand a month, I literally was like, oh, my God, they own me. <laughs> they own me. I had no autonomy, and I didn't realize it. Right? Like, I thought I had it going on because I had this big, giant cash flow. Who cares? There's a difference between being rich and being wealthy, and I just want you to understand that. So when I was terminated, that was my one stream of income. Luckily, like I said, I was living way below my means, so I had plenty of money to, to then go, you know, start a new business, and I didn't have to freak out about being homeless like I am now or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Um, I mean, whatever. I'm a comedian. Let's go. But uh, as soon as that happened and I started making money again, it didn't take long because I think there's a financial service that you're used to making a certain amount of money. Not taking that long to get back to 200 a month, because um, that's that's where my skill set was at the time. Uh, and I just started investing like crazy. I said I'm going to invest in things I understand. I'll write that down. Invest in things you understand. Invest intuitively is one of my number one things to tell people. Invest in people you trust and think really, really long term. Like really, 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 really long term. I am not the person that wants to. I mean, like I would. I mean, it's cool to think about. You know, taking a, like a swing, hitting a grand slam, making a million dollars, and all you did was invest a hundred thousand or something like that. But for me, it's like I would rather. Oh, but never invest money you can't spend. That's another really big one. But for me, it's like I'm I'm 32 right now. I made a lot of money. I've got a lot of stuff going on. I'm super blessed, super thankful. I'm just getting started. I love having all the streams of income I have because I feel more stable knowing that there is a lot of money compounding all around me. So like, I'll kind of break some of those things down. Investing intuitively. Like, does it feel gross? You know. Like, if it sounds, uh, it's probably, uh, yeah. go away. Like, right now, I'm supposed to be at an investment meeting. Like, I'll go there in a minute. 
be the yuck. Do you know what the yuck is? Everyone knows what the yuck is, yeah. right? Yeah. Think that happens, like, click on this, okay? <laughs> it's like when you're dating a boy, and, like, this is, like, not you, man. <laughs> you like a boy, okay? And, like, they say something or do something, and you're like, ew. Right? Like, you, it's not, you can't even explain it. It's like a feeling. Your gut's like, I had a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. Did he really say that? Did he really just, what? Huh? And, like, in dating, you're just like, yeah, I'm not going to date him anymore. Or, like, you're going to break up with him or whatever it is. But so many people get so caught up in the story, they forget that feeling of, ugh. And they still invest. If you get a yuck feeling, good vibes. There are plenty of other investments. There are plenty of other, this is the one. This is going to be the one. You know what, love? Like, no, it's probably not. This happens equally once. So come to shop, okay? Investing long-term, what I mean by that is not only an investment that is like long-term, long-term, but also my biggest play is I, when it comes to this, is I like to invest with people. So like this pod of people that we invest a lot of the same investments, we don't share investments with each other that we don't think we will continue to win off of because then we win together or we lose together. Well, we all want to win together, so we do a lot of vetting before we invest in anything, and then it's something we all understand. Then I said, only invest in things you understand. Okay, so uh, for me, I mean, I know what I know. All of you know something about something. There's a reason I haven't gone crazy in real estate. I still don't understand enough of it. I'm a, a little whatever. Me? When people are talking about multifamily, blah, 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 I'm like, that's so not sexy. Like, <laughs> nope. And like, I'm no, like, oh, make your own, no. Oh my God, like, I'm like sitting there and I'm like, yeah, see, that's for you. Not everything has to be for you. You have to learn how to sift and sort in your mind. For me, like, I, I hear about luxury villas in places in the world that I want to be, and I can learn how to Airbnb them, and, I, and then my brain goes creative places that make sense to me, that's where I invest. Not the stuff that just because somebody else is making a billion dollars off of it, do I have to invest in that. You need to make choices that make sense for you, because otherwise what's going to happen is you're going to make a bad decision, someone's going to be able to lie to you about it, you're not even going to know they're lying to you about it because you're not invested enough in it, like mentally invested, or emotionally invested, or whatever it is, personality invested, and then you're going to piss away a bunch of money. A bunch of money. Um, but I invest in stuff that I have fun with, stuff that I like to use. I invest with friends, um, people that I trust. Uh, but that's another good one. Don't just invest with friends. Like, I create friendships. I should kind of specify that. Uh, sometimes you'll let friends keep, like, talk you into things, which you should say no to. Um, that's definitely a big one. But just long term, I mean, I have, I have so much liquid coming in every month. So I try to make an investment every month. Or, like, as an example, I have one when actually it's like a multi-million dollar investment play with one that I can't give any more information than that. But it's, like, so perfect for me. It's it's perfect for me. It's, like, perfect for me. Yeah. So that one will be one that I'm not going to invest for a couple months in something. But then um, there will be, like, a big, gigantic thing that will pay me for literally generations. So I don't know. Those are some of my tips. But diversify yourself in general, but only with things that you understand. And I also like to say, don't diversify too early. I have a lot of people who make like their first 10 grand or something and they just- Think they're an expert at everything. <laughs> like I didn't, I always tell people to stay really focused until you're making like 10 grand a month in something and you don't even have to like, and then you can start kind of like, at least look around. I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're like super diverse with your investments and you make it seem like so cool and so fun and exciting. Uh, I think it is. That's like, magic. Yeah, it, it definitely matches your personality. So it's just, it's cool to hear your perspective and how you could actually diversify uh, once you do get confidence. It's, you make everything sound really fun. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Two more questions. This okay. one's easy. Favorite book? Okay, this is weird, but... I mean, I'm going to be a business one, too. My favorite book of all time was Angels and Demons by Dan Brown. <laughs> no one expects me to say it, but, like, it's not a business book. It's not whatever. But I've never been so, like, taken somewhere with a book, if that makes sense. And so I'm gonna read that. Uh, um, I love that. I love that. Uh, my favorite, favorite business book. Do you want a business book? Sure. <laughs> okay. Well, I have a whole list for, you 
whole bunch of them, but um, uh, I am obsessed with basically any and everything John Maxwell. Ah. I really have always been. Um, it's 21 irrefutable laws is probably my, my number one jam. Like anytime I'm feeling like I got, man, I gotta reel myself back in before I snap on these people. Uh, I love me some 21 irrefutable laws. It's definitely one of my favorites. I like one of his quotes. It's uh, entrepreneurship or life. People, like I think people get scared, he said, because they can only, the car lights only shine 300 feet ahead. And so, but you got to travel two miles so you don't know what's ahead. It's something like that. It was one of my favorite quotes I read by him. Anyway. He, I've worked with him really? uh, pretty closely. I'm part of faculty and stuff. And he's, he's the real deal. Yeah. Yeah. He's the real Last question we always ask everybody. What is your definition of generational wealth? Oh, I mean, well, that's pretty obvious, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, does anybody have, like, a different definition of it? I mean, generational wealth is I'm long gone. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the Pocahontas for my family. I'm the George Washington of my family. You know, all these people out here are really out there talking about how I'm unrelated to Napoleon Bonaparte. Really? Like, why don't you even know your great-grandmother's name? Because she didn't create generational wealth. She didn't create generational impact. So for me, it's not only the income, but the impact that for generations and generations and generations and generations and generations, people are talking about me and what I've done for the world and for our family. Because I broke the generational curse of debt and of poverty. Now it's my job to create wealth so that nobody that is ever attached to my bloodline ever struggles the way I did. I love that. That was probably the best definition I've ever. That was good. That was very powerful. I mean, honestly, I, we have to end on that because it was like, bam, drop the mic, throw it down. Exit the stage to your right or left. Don't run over the curtain. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, the richest homeless person you'll ever meet. <laughs> Jesse Lee, thanks for coming on. That was awesome. We appreciate the time. You're badass. Tell everybody where they can find you real quick. Oh, yeah, you can find me everywhere as, uh, you can type in Jesse Lee Ward, probably on Google, it'll go crazy, but Facebook's Jesse Lee Ward, Instagram's I'm Bossly, TikTok's I'm Bossly, and then my podcast is The People's Mentor. Love it. Cool. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Okay. <laughs> This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.